0: Sidewalk Audio presents Shadow Magic, a podcast novel by John Lenehan, read by the author. Chapter 25, Born Ready. Never in my entire life have I ever been so uncomfortable. When Jared told me that he was going to smuggle us into the castle in empty wine barrels, I thought we would just hop in before we got there. Oh, no. Dad insisted that we hide in them for the entire three-hour journey to Castle Door. He wanted to make sure we were not spotted en route. Which is fair enough, but three hours? The porridge I ate for breakfast was sitting in my stomach like a rock. I had a scary moment when I thought I was going to see it again. I cursed Dahi for cooking it, and then I cursed him again for devising a plan that put me in here and allowed him, along with Jared, to sit comfortably up front. Every bump jarred me like an ice cube in a cocktail shaker, and with every one of those bumps I knocked my head on the side of the barrel. At one point in time we went over a rock that was so big I hit my head on the lid and howled. Fergal was in the barrel next to me. Shut up, he said. I'm trying to get some sleep. Sleep, I shouted over. How can you sleep when your head's being bounced around like a pinball? What's a pinball? Never mind. Put the blanket next to your head, he said. Then it's not so bad. I don't have a blanket. You're traveling three hours in a barrel, and you didn't bring a cushion? I thought you were smart. Didn't you say... You went to a place of learning in the real world? Well, I didn't have any courses on how to sneak into castles, I said. Well, that doesn't sound like a very good school to me. Now, will you please keep the groaning down? I suffered in silence. I actually started to wish the cart would drive over a huge boulder that would knock me out. Another concussion would have been a small price to pay if it made the journey quicker. Jared had no trouble getting into the castle. A delivery of the vineyard's finest is a cause for celebration. Kelty met the wagon himself. Lord Jared, he said. The second I heard that voice, all of the hair stood up on the back of my neck, and I stopped breathing. I was instantly terrified, but at the same time, I had to overcome the urge to pop out like a deranged jack-in-the-box and chop his head off. I hope... "'This shipment,' Kielty continued, "'is better than the vinegar you sent me last time.' "'I am so sorry, Lord Kielty, that you found my last batch not to your liking,' Jared oozed. "'I assure you this is the finest of vintages.' "'I should hope so,' Kielty said. I had plenty of reasons for hating my uncle, but the disrespectful way he talked to Jared made me want to throttle him, uh, after I decapitated him. "'Your daughter is not with you?' "'No, my lord.' "'And why not? You know I wanted to meet her.' "'It is a very busy time in the fermentation cycle. I needed her to supervise the winemaking in my absence. I'm sure—' She is up to her neck in a barrel of wine as we speak. I had to put my hand over my mouth to stop from laughing out loud. You had to love this guy. Lord Kilty. Jared said, putting on a serious tone. May I ask why you have an entire army on patrol? Is there something amiss I should know about? What are you talking about? I have no army on patrol. Oh, my. Jared said in a fey, aristocratic tone that was definitely not him. "'It made me smile. "'Then I think you should know there is one on the way.' "'What?' Kilty said. "'How do you know this?' "'Oh, I have a very good elvish spyglass. "'They use gold in the optics, you know. "'I saw them yesterday. "'I'm surprised you haven't noticed. "'They're only a half a day away.' Jared hadn't turned traitor. This was part of the plan. Lorkin and Dad figured that if Kilty thought he was under attack from the outside, he wouldn't be guarding the inside all that well. It seemed to work. Kilty instantly sprung into action, shouting orders. Put the wall fortifications on alert, he yelled, and send out a scouting party to find out what he is talking about. Jared and Dahi, come with me. Of course, my lord, if I can help. Jared said, but I would ask if Master Dahi could supervise the stowing of the wine. It is a delicate vintage. I wouldn't want to see it bruised. Very well. You two help them, Keltie grumbled. I heard them leave, and then the wagon began to move. We traveled away over cobbled streets. I had a childish urge to sing just so I could hear my voice vibrate. We stopped for the opening of two large doors and then turned left. I could tell by the sound that we were inside. "'Close those doors, you idiots. You're letting all the cold air out,' I heard dahi bark. Then I heard two bangs, two short grunts, followed by the unmistakable sound of bodies hitting the ground. "'Fresh air, the things you take for granted,' I stood up, breathing and stretching, while everyone else went to work. Dahi crawled under the wagon and brought out the weapons. Araf and Fergal went about stealing the two guards' uniforms. The shocking bit was when Mom, Neve, and Essa started tarting themselves up. They unbuttoned their shirts and pushed up their cleavages. Essa and Mom put on skirts with revealing slits in them, while Neve started ripping one into hers. "'Essa caught me staring. "'What are you looking at?' she snapped. "'What are you doing?' "'We are blending in,' Mom said, giving me a practice-provocative smile. "'Women of, how should I say, dubious virtue are common in Castle Door these days.' "'Well,' I said to Essa, "'you look great.' She didn't return the compliment with a provocative look. It was more like an evil eye. Got her, Dad said. Stop gawping at the women and help Dahi and me stow the barrels. Dad was being his thorough self. They might not miss the guards, but if someone saw that the wine was still on the wagon, they might know something was up. I promised myself that I would have a word with Jared about putting his wine in smaller barrels. Man, they were heavy. When we finished, Dahi said, I will stable the horses and rejoin Jared. Good luck. We hid behind the door as he left. Mom gave the naked guards a dose of shadow magic that would ensure they slept the rest of the day, and then Dad lined us up for an inspection. People like the women, Dad and me, were commonplace in the castle, so we wouldn't raise too much suspicion. Fergal looked just like the banshee guard he had stolen the uniform from, but a raff was the problem. Imps were not very welcome in the castle, and the guard uniform could not disguise the mop of sandy hair on his head. He stood out like a sore thumb. That's when Mom pulled out the wig. To call it a wig was to do an injustice to every hairpiece that was ever made. It was supposed to simulate banshee hair, But in reality, it looked like a skunk that had been dead on the freeway for a week. A raft put it on, and I lost it. I don't think I ever saw anything so funny in my life. I was laughing so hard that Dad actually slapped me. I'm sorry, I said, struggling to get my composure back. "I, I get like this when I'm nervous. Don't, Dad said, in that voice that meant business. A voice I knew only too well. I shot a glance over to Fergal for support, expecting to see his cheesy grin, but he wasn't even smiling. That kind of sobered me up. You three have the most difficult job of all, Dad said to Essa, Araf, and Fergal. Those gold lines must be severed. We will not fail, my lord, Araf said. I felt my stomach churn. This was it. They were my friends, and they were heading straight into danger. Fergal didn't look at me, but Essa and I locked eyes before she left. She smiled, but it was a strange little smile. It seemed to mean something, but as usual, I couldn't figure out what. They walked out the door like they owned the place. Essa, dressed like a loose woman, arm in arm between two soldiers. Essa even tried a provocative swish of her skirt. To be honest, she wasn't very good at it. Then it was just family. Mom gave Dad a passionate embrace. Neve offered me her hand. Come on, I said. You're my aunt for crying out loud. I gave her a hug that she didn't return very well. Mom gave me a kiss on the cheek. You look after your father. I will, Mom. I'll see you in the chamber in a little while. They sashayed out the door, and then it was just Dad and me. Are you ready, son? Born ready, Dad. My father knew the castle like he was raised there, which of course he was. We made our way up to the north wing by the way of the servant's stairs. Dad figured, rightly as it turned out, that they would be empty this time of day. A leprechaun was sweeping at the other end of the corridor, but didn't see us. We didn't come across anyone else until we got to the floor the bedrooms were on. Dad stuck his nose into the main corridor and then motioned for me to follow. At the end of the corridor, it was a T-junction with a grand oak door. There was no one around. That is Keolte's bedroom, he whispered. We tiptoed toward it. I wasn't as worried about the sound of my feet as I was worried about the sound of my pounding heart. We were about halfway there when a soldier came up from the corridor on the left. Kilty had a guard posted at the door. If the soldier had been looking our way, he would have seen us. There was an open door next to us. We both ducked into it. That's when we heard the scream. You have been listening to Shadow Magic, a podcast novel by John Lenahan. Music gratefully provided by Lunasa. To hear more of their fabulous music, please visit their website, www.lunasa.ie. That's www.lunasa.ie. For more information about Shadow Magic or its author, please visit www.shadowmagic.co.uk Thank you very much for listening.